Lucius was born important. He was the grandson of Numa Pompilius, or possibly the grandson of a close friend of Numa's. Roman sources are weird. And Numa was the last ruler considered to be a truly good king. Numa found Rome a city of criminals and left it one of clerics. Awfully warlike clerics, but still clerics. Rome now did what Rome did because the gods were on Rome's side. Tullus Hostilius had reversed that a bit, and Ancus Martius was determined to be more like Numa than like Tullus. He wanted to keep Rome at holy peace with its neighbors. But history rarely worries about what individuals want. Tullus died, and the Senate, sometimes called the Fathers by Livy, appointed an interrex, which literally means between kings, who reigned until the assembly of the people elected Ancus Martius. I've said it before, but kingship was weirder back then. There was a recognition that they couldn't allow votes for every event, and that's kind of what kings were for, but there was also an understanding that there was no divinely chosen monarchs. These were just men, and they were seen more like presidents today than like medieval kings. And that sort of attitude let Rome see the bad in its kings, like Romulus kidnapping and raping a bunch of Sabine women. So they elected Ancus, the maybe grandson of Numa Pompilius, and he was going to be another good king just like Numa. Ancus believed it. Rome believed it. The Latins, who were neighbors of Rome, believed it too. And they thought he would be an upright and moral king, and also that it'd be kind of a wimp. So they started attacking some outlying areas of Rome. At first, Rome tried to get recompense by very traditional means. The embassy petitioned redress from the Latin tribe, but the Latins weren't interested, which left Ancus with the decision. He could give in to the warlike nature of his predecessor, he could attack the Latins, and he could show them just how powerful Rome could be, or he could remain above it, seek redress through diplomacy, and emulate Numa. But Ancus saw a third option. He knew he had to fight, but he didn't want to fight like Tullus. So he created the Rites of the Fetiales. Now, if you remember, the Fetiales were a religious order that was brought over by Numa. These rites that Ancus created would be something that Romans would rely on for generations because it ritualized the declaration of war and helped the Romans prove to themselves that they weren't ungoverned barbarian, that there was a reason and a moral obligation to fight whether they wanted to or not, which they pretty much always wanted to. The rites, which were called rerum repetito, were performed by announcing Roman demands at the enemy's frontier, going to the enemy's city and announcing them again, and then waiting, and if they were unmet, the pater patratus would declare war within 33 days and return to Rome to await the decision. Once Rome was fully decided, the fetiali returned to the frontier carrying a javelin with a steel or burned tip dipped in blood and declare war by throwing the javelin into enemy territory. So Rome would go on to win that war against the Latins as well as a few others against the Sabines, which gave Ancus a triumph. Ancus would continue to win victories and eventually push Roman territory all the way to the sea, where he likely founded the port of Ostia, southwest of Rome. This gave Rome access to salt and to the ocean, 
and might have been Rome's first colonia. Finally, Ancus constructed the maritime prison. Now, obviously not Ancus himself, but he ordered it built, and kings tend to just get credit for anything that happens during their reign. The prison would go on to take a relatively central role in Roman history. It housed members of the Catiline Conspiracy, as well as Cicero and Sejanus. It was a dark, dank sewer, more like a jail than a modern prison. Mostly, it was where people sat when they awaited trial. Long-term incarceration wasn't really a thing in Rome. Anyone who had to be held for a while, whether they were a political prisoner, prisoner of war, or hostage, usually lived with some respectable individual of the city. But the time spent in the Maritime wouldn't have been pleasant. Ancus is usually remembered as a good king. The range of stories that we tell about the seven Roman kings is kind of fascinating. And it's interesting to me that a good king gets almost no more recognition than a mediocre king. In general, the only Roman kings that people remember are Romulus and Tarquin the Proud, which I guess means you can either be great and first or so bad that you're remembered for your terribleness. I think that's why people keep watching the Star Wars prequels. In that metaphor, Ancus Martius was a real The Force Awakens of kings. He was a good comeback, but also kind of forgettable. Thank you very much, and I'll see you for our next episode.